It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the Times Business Podcast, where we look ahead to the stories and events that are going to be grabbing the headlines and moving markets most likely in the coming days. I'm Robert Miller. This week, what President Trump means for markets and international trade and probably your portfolio too. The state of Britain's industrial landscape. And finally, we'll be running a health check on EasyJet's financial engine. I'm joined in the studio by Robert Lee, industrial editor of The Times, and Alex Ralph, our markets reporter. And on the line from New York is James Dean, US business editor of The Times. Welcome to you all. Thanks for being here. Uh, James, I'm going to start with you in New York. But before we do, the relationship between Britain and the incoming Donald Trump administration now seems a bit clearer. That's after The Times secured the first interview with Donald Trump since his election back in November. This is what he had to say. Let's listen to this. I think Brexit's going to end up being a great thing. But I predicted the heat I took was unbelievable. Mm. And I said, because people don't want to have other people coming in and destroying their country. And, you know, in this country, we're going to go very strong borders. From the day I get in, one of the first orders I'm going to sign, day one. And you can hear that interview in full at thetimes.co.uk. James, an encouraging start for Britain. Are we going to see the first signs uh, of this, as he said, in in the coming days? Yeah, I mean, he's promised he's got, as he said there, he's promised to actually sign um, a fair number of orders and get things underway pretty quickly um, as soon as he's inaugurated. Again, as has always been the case in the run-up to his inauguration, uh, we are wondering what exactly might happen. Now, the general feeling out here is very much that his plans for tax cuts are going to go through pretty quickly. So that's uh, swinging cuts to corporate taxes and personal taxes. Um, This is something that Republicans in Congress have wanted for some time. And so there seems to be the feeling that that's all going to be um, kind of hopefully wrapped up before the end of the year, they think. As to his other kind of economic promises that he's made, um, one of the biggest is to spend a trillion dollars on infrastructure. Now, the Republicans are a bit less happy about that because that's going to add to the national debt, which is creeping up towards $20 trillion. He also wants to slash financial regulation. He's bringing in uh, advisors and some of his picks for his presidential cabinet are certainly keen on that as well. But that may take a bit longer because these regulations are pretty complex and they're pretty lengthy. Finally, obviously, he, I mean, we're talking about trade deals. He's, he's been pretty positive about Britain um, post-Brexit. His team is looking to actually 
kill a lot of trade deals. Obviously, we know about Mexico. That's uh, the NAFTA trade agreement. And he's been pretty aggressive against China, as has his incoming Commerce Secretary, Wilbur Ross, who's still going through confirmation hearings. So how quite how this all pans out, we don't know yet. But perhaps we can rely on certainly corporate tax cuts in the US. Bob, bringing you here, industrial editor, that the trade landscape, the companies you talk to, in particular, I'm thinking here, the FTSE facing ones, these are international companies. What's the feedback you're getting from them in terms of is it going to be business as normal? They don't know or they've just got to get on with it. They are international companies, but uh, a lot of them are very much uh, continental Europe facing as well. And so they hate the, in, the ongoing uncertainty. I mean, the automotive industry just doesn't want any kind of tariffs for a lot of its output going into Europe. I mean, uh, a manufacturer like Nissan in Sunderland. It's in Sunderland because it exports into Europe. It doesn't export the cars it's making in Sunderland into any other parts of the world. Uh, on the flip side of that, companies like uh, Jaguar Land Rover and um, Rolls-Royce and Bentley Motors, um, the US has become one of actually their major markets because, conversely, we've seen a drop-off in the Chinese market. Ultimately, it's the old cliche about businesses not wanting uncertainty, but there's a hell of a lot of uncertainty around. James, back to you. At the bottom line, he was elected on, 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 on a wave of... of, of popular consumerism for whatever reason presumably some of the things he's going to have to do are make people feel good it doesn't matter so much about corporations it's putting money back into people's pockets it's making them feel they can afford housings and decent holidays and new cars isn't it so forget the grandiose gestures what's he going to do do you think first to appeal to his grassroots supporters that's really going to feed through into the stock market well his his mantra has always been jobs, jobs, jobs. Uh, at any given rally in the run-up to the election, that's what he'd be saying. Obviously, one of his biggest pledges is uh, is on tax cuts, corporate and personal. That will please a lot of people who that will give them more money in their pockets, in theory. That will drive the uh, consumer economy here, which obviously is the, uh, is the largest uh, sector of the US economy. I mean, even now, there's a lot of consumer sentiment surveys coming out showing that consumers are positive these a lot of them have beaten expectations too so there is a kind of sentiment here that things are rolling forward people want to you know jump on board this wave they want to spend money um so all in all it looks positive at the moment but you know as we know about the uncertainty we'll have to see exactly how it pans out alex ralph markets report i mean what are the markets like what are the london markets in particular telling you the fund managers and the stockbrokers that you talk to well the, the markets have um after an initial and very short uh, sell-off after the surprise election have welcomed donald trump's presidency and, and as we've seen FTSE 100 and and wall street has rallied to record highs day after day uh, this winter um it's only recently that it started to to call off as it ahead of this inaugural speech. Um, but expectations are very high. Do you think, Bob, if I could bring you in here at the moment, that, again, people, there comes a point where businesses are going to have to make investment decisions now over the years ahead. If they're delayed much longer, do you see it tilting back in the balance of saying, well, I'd rather be in North America or I'd rather be in continental Europe. In fact, I'd rather be anywhere than Britain because it's marooned in the middle. Is there a danger of this? Well, back to the automotive industry, we had the example um, overnight reporting out of Davos that uh, Toyota is wondering what it will do uh, with its investment in Derbyshire in the UK. That There will be new uh, models coming down from Toyota at some stage to, for the European market. The real sign of whether Toyota trusts the UK market is if some of those models, and that includes Lexus, its upmarket brand, uh, if those models actually come to that Derbyshire facility. If they don't, that gives you a, a stronger sign as anything that the international 
business community is worried about investing in Britain. Looking from the United States again, James, that we're viewed as, as, as a, a bit of a dodgy investment prospect from the moment, from Wall Street's perspective? I, it's difficult to say. I mean, certainly you've had, for example, recently a few uh, a few banks talking about leaving London. Uh, we've had, I mean, I think recently Lloyd Blankfein has said that uh, this is the chief executive of Goldman Sachs has said that his bank has rode back a bit on investing or sending people over to the UK. Uh, it may yet choose to move people abroad. So there's still that kind of feeling around at the moment, even despite uh, despite what Theresa May said recently, which provided some measure of, of certain reassurance to investors. But um, as Bob's mentioned, you know, there could be uh, there could be issues around cars. I mean, Donald Trump has he's already talked about import tariffs and whatnot, but he's tended to focus on Mexico. But going the other way, I mean, for example, we've already had uh, General Motors, which owns the uh, owns the Vauxhall brand in the UK. It's, it said a few things last year about the fact that it might have to cut down on investments in Europe generally, but it also um, it also focused on Britain as well. So yes, there could be rollbacks depending on what um, currency prices do. Well, it's a good point to just move on slightly, Bob. You've you've both now you and James talked about the the, the currency. We're going to be hearing from the SMMT. Uh, shortly about the latest uh, production figures, I assumed, having read, uh, read read your stories, that basically the British car industry is in very good shape. It's in it's in very good nick. Um, uh, they should be reporting for 2016 um, production of uh, north of 1.7 million vehicles. That's getting on for all-time records. I think the all-time record is set from the 1970s when. Um, uh, people like you were driving Vauxhall Vivas or Ford Cortinas. Um, oh, yes. Uh, it, it's the success of Jaguar Land Rover. It's the success of Nissan in Sunderland uh, and Mini in in um, in Oxford. Uh, we're, we're producing a lot of cars at the moment. Is that sustainable, do you think? In any case, I mean, regardless of, of Brexit. Well, Nissan have done their deal with the government, so that suggests they're staying around for a while. Jaguar Land Rover is a great success story, but their expansion is overseas. Uh, they're opening a plant in Eastern Europe, they're opening a plant in Brazil, they're at capacity in the UK. Uh, Their growth won't be in the UK, but as a brand, uh, the the marks of Land Rover, Range Rover and Jaguar are are as strong as they've probably ever been. Joe, over there in the States, of course, we've had so many recalls. I mean, they do run into millions and millions and millions. So the industry has been under the spotlight a lot. Do you feel there's a recovery there or has it already shown that actually can shake it off? I mean, last year, in terms of sales in the US last year, it was a record year, which wasn't what was expected. Uh, There was a very strong December for a lot of automakers. Again, this was kind of put down to the Trump rally and this, you know, surge in consumer confidence. But something that continues to hang over the industry here, and it kind of has reverberations across the world, is the uh, diesel emissions cheating scandal. I mean, we recently had the... Uh, the huge Volkswagen fine. We had six former executives indicted on uh, various charges. We've also had Fiat Chrysler as well has been recently um, ticked off by the EPA. Uh, This is the environment watchdog over here. And it's being investigated at the moment over similar allegations that Volkswagen has had to face. So I think in terms of concerns about the industry, that's that's the kind of the main one. But, you know, uh, the fact that Fiat Chrysler has been dragged into it, um, Fiat Chrysler makes a lot of cars in the US, uh, kind of expands it well beyond, you know, the German car maker of Volkswagen and, and European car makers as well. Looking at it, Alex, from a stock market perspective, because there are quite a lot of number of the companies that are equated that are associated with the 
with the motor industry and I'm thinking from Northgate vans and and, and uh, component makers presumably it's ticking over quite nicely after what Bob said that these these sectors that supply the motor industry are feeling reasonably confident so far. I suppose one of the things to, be, to look for would be consumer sentiment and obviously we've seen the pound come off uh, heavily since June's uh, Brexit vote and, and, and on the the back of the strong dollar which has been surging since Trump and when that starts to feed through as we're already seeing into uh, inflation and when people start pass companies start passing that on to consumers that's obviously going to start hitting people in the pocket to what extent that actually hits big ticket expenditures is another question but you know households are going to probably start feeling a bit more of a squeeze this year maybe time to start looking at that portfolio then and trimming it accordingly we're going to take a short break now and when we return we're going to be looking at easyjet's corporate flight path the times business podcast is sponsored by vodafone's ready business britain 2016 has been branded the year of the sme this is your year time for your business to stand out are you ready Vodafone's Ready Business Britain, in association with The Times and Sunday Times, has all the advice, insight and analysis your business needs to make this your year. Get ready. Visit readybusinessbritain.co.uk. Welcome back. Now, EasyJet's going to be updating the market, as we mentioned, and uh, investors too. So, Bob Lee, before looking at what we might expect, uh, can we give it some context? This is what Carolyn McCall, the chief executive, told the Global Aviation Festival about a common problem to the entire airline sector. What will have to change, depending on the agreement the UK government do with the EU, because there will have to be a negotiated outcome of this, depending on that... Every airline in Europe will have to have some, if we don't get the free flying, uh, the the flying without restriction rights that we have today, then every airline will have to think about how uh, their corporate structure operates. That will be a change. Bob, something for us to worry about? including the results or not? I'm not sure it's something for the consumer to worry about. Uh, we'll come back to that in a second. What uh, Carolyn's talking about there is if EasyJet wants to continue to fly around Europe and we haven't got free and open skies, it's going to have to get a separate air operating certificate, a licence to fly around Europe. That's complicated, but it's and it's probably a bit of more additional cost uh, for, for the company. But that shouldn't actually affect the situation for the, uh, for the customer per se. Uh, for the customer, we're in a situation of pretty rotten uh, price war for the companies and uh, falling fares, which is good news for, for passengers. As ever in this industry, it's Ryanair that's leading the price war. EasyJet is trying to differentiate itself. It's flying to sort of more central airports. It's trying to just to be a bit more sort of classier in the way it, it delivers its service. But what it means is it gets dragged into a uh, into affairs war and its profit margins begin to fall apart. And we've seen that with their figures. Uh, last year, uh, profits fell by 28%. Uh, analysts are pen- penciling another 20% of profit falls this year. Uh, so EasyJet's in a really tough place. And you've seen that in the shares as well. Uh, 18 months ago, they were trading nearly uh, 20 quid each. They're now around about a tenner and they've been below below a tenner. Uh, so that gives you a reflection of um, of what the market thinks of uh, EasyJet at the moment. So is it a bearish outlook or do you think we know the worst already and that it's factored in looking forward? I think it's, I think it's factored in. I mean, the, the problem with the airlines is that the, the, they're hostages to fortune and things like terrorism and uh, air traffic control strikes in France. Those things happen and that just adds more problems for them. The other issue is the effect of Brexit and the effect on the UK consumer, as Alex was talking about. If the UK consumer starts beginning to feel 
the squeeze. Even if these airfares are coming down, they're going to think twice about that summer holiday, that's that's silly break. So the, 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 the aviation industry, the airline industry, is always in some form of crisis, and it just feels like it's in another. Yeah, I mean, in terms of whether it's all been priced in it, it to, to a large extent it looks to have been to have been because the shares although they're they're sort of off their lows from october they're basically at the, the level they were in the immediate aftermath of brexit when they when they all got sold off very heavily so it seems like investors are, are pretty bearish on on their prospects james i don't know why this is just the impression i suppose i've been watching too much television about atlanta airports but it seems to me that everyone flies in america they don't take a car anymore is that fair um, yeah, well, certainly more and more people are flying. I mean, we don't have um, we don't have the figures for 2016 yet, but the year before was a it was a record for um, passengers carried uh, in the US and that's domestic and international flights. It was um, 900 million. So, yep, people still fly a hell of a lot, be that um, inside the US or or over to over to Europe, kind of on the business uh, transit routes. So, uh, yeah, more and more people flying. Yeah, and uh, I think we're seeing that. I think on that transatlantic route, we've got some really interesting things happening. There's Norwegian Air that have started doing um, discount transatlantic flights, uh, the, the sort of thing that Freddie Laker tried to do 30 years ago and it didn't work. Norwegian are making a pretty good fist of it. And what they're doing is actually pushing other people into that market. So IAG, which is the holding company of British Airways, is going to start doing the same thing. Interestingly, probably from Spain, and they'll try and uh, take on both the North American and the South American market. So although the, the, the airline industry is in this sort of perpetual crisis, um, if you've got the money and you like flying, I think it's still not a bad time for the passenger. Oh, well. That's an upbeat note to end on. I think I'll take my summer holidays now. And that's about it. So remember, you can keep up to date with all the news and analysis online, on your phone, tablet, and don't forget the paper, of course. If you'd like to become a subscriber and you're not already, then just go to thetimes.co.uk and it'll cost you £1. If you want to hear us weekly, you can subscribe through iTunes and please do feel free to post your comments or email us. We'd love to hear from you. My thanks to Alex Ralph, Robert Lee here in London and, of course, in New York, James Dean. They're all on Twitter, so please do follow them. Please join us again next week and thanks for listening. The Times Business Podcast is sponsored by Vodafone's Ready Business Britain. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.